0: This is LAC Online Church in Perry, Ohio. We exist to love God and love people. For more information about our church or ministry activities, please visit LakeEeriechurch.com. Now here's today's message. I've entitled the message this morning, Easy Christianity. Easy Christianity. And I want to begin this morning by saying there's probably nobody in this room that is more passionate about people accepting Jesus than I am. Now, I know I can say that because I know me. You may feel very differently. You may feel that you're more passionate. It's not the matter of who's passionate, but I I want you to hear in my heart that I am so passionate about winning people to Jesus and seeing people come to Christ. And yet, I'm afraid if we're not careful that even within this room, among all the this room an attitude develops among us that receiving Jesus is enough That if you just get Jesus that's enough and and what I mean by that and listen there is no miracle like salvation in all the world there is nothing that compares to receiving Jesus Christ as Savior but listen if all you ever get is the cross and you never develop a relationship with Jesus Christ, if you never know Him in a personal and life-changing way, then you have missed the something that put Jesus on the cross in the first place. Because it was God's desire to have a relationship with each and every one of us. Not just to save us from our sins. He wants creation to have a relationship with Him. So here's my fear. My fear is that some of you would assume that if I'm just being around Jesus, if I'm just listening to the words of Jesus, if I'm just coming to the church where they talk about Jesus, that's enough. But if you somehow measure that way and think that that's all that God expects of you, you could not be more wrong. Because God expects more. Let me show it to you. In Matthew chapter 7 verse 21, Jesus said this. He said, not everyone that says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven. Mm Only those who actually do the will of my Father in heaven will enter. And on the judgment day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, we prophesied in your name. We cast out devils in your name. We performed many miracles in your name. But I will say, I never knew you. Get away from me, you who break God's laws. Now, I've looked over that verse for several weeks now. And I think this is what Jesus is saying. That some of you found your identity in me because you came to church where I was, but you never knew me. You identified with my church. You knew the words that I spoke, but you never had a relationship with me. So when I read those words, here's what I realized. I realized that going to church is not enough. Your Bible is not enough. Good every day is not enough. Religious form and practice will never be enough. God wants more from us. See, I... I don't know why that verse in Matthew 7 doesn't terrify every one of us. It should terrify us. During the time of Jesus, people would come to the temple and they would ask for forgiveness of sin. They would bring an animal and they would, uh, depending on what their ability was, they either brought a a, a bird or a a goat or, or a lamb or whatever it was and they would give that to the priest who would take it And he would be the atonement for their sins for that year. So everything that you did in 2019 would be forgiven because you had offered that sacrifice to God. But there was no life. There was no joy. It was just the performance of religion ritual. It was just doing what God expected. It's just doing the things that you had to do. And what happened is Jesus watched that one day until he got so sick of it he began to cry out. And here's what he said. If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. And if he does, out of his innermost being shall flow rivers of living water. What I think Christ wants you to know is that he wants more for you just coming to church he wants more for you than just reading your bible he wants more than just the practice of religion he wants you to have a relationship that transforms your life and fills your heart with joy it is the abundant life for which jesus went to the cross for you It's not enough just to do the practice of religion so why is it that we fall into these traps for what i call easy christianity know if everybody will agree with this and that's okay i don't consider myself to be an expert i'm just a fellow believer trying to find my way home here's what i think i think that sometimes we have put all of our eggs in the basket of conversion and we have simply said if i can just get forgiven if i can just get saved that's all i have to do just get saved and we get saved and we never do anything else From the moment that we get saved, then we change our mindset and we start saying, now I gotta clean up my life. I gotta clean up my life. I gotta quit going to the bars. I gotta quit sleeping around. I gotta quit drinking. I gotta quit doing this. I gotta quit talking about folks. I gotta quit having a hateful attitude. And all of a sudden we spend all of our energy trying to be a good Christian. And what happens is, as we start thinking that our relationship with Jesus Christ is what we do instead of who we are. Instead of who we are. You see, you say, well, what's wrong with being a good Christian? Well, listen to what Paul said. Your Bibles, look in chapter three. Let's start in verse five. In chapter three, verse five. Paul says this. He said, I was circumcised when I was eight days old. I'm a pure-bred, pure-blooded citizen of Israel and a member of the tribe of Benjamin, a real Hebrew if there ever was one. I was a member of the Pharisees who demanded the strictest obedience to Jewish law. I was so zealous that I harshly persecuted the church. And as for righteousness, I obeyed the law without fault. Now look at the screen. And tell me what you notice that stands out to you on that screen. Five statements that Paul made about who he was, what he did, how he acted and what he performed. Did you notice that every one of them starts with the letter I? I was this, I was that, I did this, I did that, I did not do that. And that's the way many of us are. We think that our salvation, we think that our faith in God is the practice of the things that either we do or we don't do. I grew up in a highly Pentecostal holiness environment and I could tell you by the time I was five the things that we don't do. We don't smoke, we don't chew, we don't dip. We don't like people that do. See? But I couldn't tell you what I was for. I couldn't tell you what I believed in because all of my training and all of my upbringing was the fact that to be a good Christian... I need to not do these things. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. And I lost my connection with the fact that Jesus did not go to the cross so that I would quit drinking. Jesus did not go to the cross so I'd quit taking drugs. Jesus went to the cross so that my life could be transformed into the creation that he always wanted it to be, a life of fullness, and abundance of joy in a relationship with him. Because listen to me, And I say this with all humility, you can stop drinking tomorrow and still go to hell. Mm -hmm. You can stop sleeping around tomorrow and you'll still go to hell. If you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ, it's not enough just to walk down the aisle one time and sign a card and say, I'm a full-pledged believer in Jesus Christ. There has to be more. God wants you to have more. Paul said, listen, All these things that I did. And I looked at that and I thought, well, you know, a lot of people may not recognize, they may not be able to connect with all those things Paul said. You know, we don't wanna get into what circumcision meant and all the kind of things that went on with that. We don't wanna get into all the devout Jewish laws. That's not the practice here. So I made my list. Here's what I think Paul was saying. I never missed Sunday school. I never missed a single service. I was there every Sunday, every Sunday night, every Wednesday night. I went to every youth group. I was in every women's prayer meeting. I read my Bible every day. I bought items for the food pantry. I gave $50 to all children. I supported missionaries around the world I paid my tithes every week. That's what he's saying. But then he goes on to say, who cares? All of those things are absolutely worthless if you don't know Jesus. If you don't know Jesus. If you don't have a relationship with Christ. If you don't know, and that's what Paul's trying to say. Look at verse seven, keep reading. Verse seven, he says this. I once thought these things were valuable, but now I consider them worthless. What things? All these practices of religion that I was doing. All these rules that I was keeping, all these things I was refraining from, I thought they were the most valuable things in my relationship to God. I now realize they were worthless because of what Christ has done. Yes, everything else is worthless when compared with the infinite value of knowing Jesus Christ, my Lord, for His sake. I have discarded everything else counting it as garbage so that I may gain Christ and be one with him. So in the moment I have, which are just very few, I wanna give you three reasons why knowing Christ matters. Here we go, number one, it matters to know Christ so that you will pursue him. Do You remember when you first got saved? Some of you have been saved for 50, 60 years. Some of you have been saved short periods of time. Some of you sitting here have been saved a month. But when you first got saved, remember the excitement about being saved? Remember what it was like when God saved you and the excitement and the enthusiasm that you had? I remember a few years ago, I was in a service one time with this, this little girl had just given her heart to the we were in the service and I was over on the side. I was the speaker and, and uh, when the worship team started, this little girl started dancing and screaming, carrying on and spinning around and oh, she was just putting it on. And you could see the looks on the people like, oh my God, we have visitors here this morning. And I looked at the pastor and I said, I hope when she's been saved 30 years, she's still doing that. You see, what happened to us? We become good Christians and we lose the excitement. We lose the enthusiasm of what it means to be saved. And that's what God wants. He wants us to pursue Him. He wants there to be an ex- and a deep thirst in our spirit that is never satisfied with anything else but Him. I don't have time this morning to go in depth, but I love what Paul said about Him. That He is so infinite that even in the ages to come, God has revealed that we'll still be discovering things about Christ. As much as you know about Jesus today, there is so much more to know. As much as you think you know about God today, there is so much more to know. And God pursue Him. He wants there to be an excitement in your heart. He wants you to discover and experience Him every day in a deeper and more meaningful way. What would that look like? It's like I told Stephanie Ingram a few days ago when we were talking about reading the Bible. I said, Stephanie, I hope you never lose the excitement of opening up your Bible and finding Jesus on every page. We were talking about where she was reading. I said, listen, just keep reading. He's on every page, every page of the book. When you're in love with him, you see him in everything. When you love Jesus and you're pursuing him, you see him when the clouds are blowing. You see him when you feel the rain. You experience him in everything that's going on. He comes to your mind in the strangest of ways. That's what Paul means. When he says, I have discarded everything in order that I may gain Christ and be one with him. Here's number two. Not only do we know him so that We pursue him, but we know him so that he heals us. So that he heals us. Now, listen very carefully to what I'm about to say. Sometimes we preach and teach to people that when you come to Jesus, you won't ever have any more problems. And that's not true. Because we all have our issues. We come to our, these altars and we are so broken. Our lives are so broken. Our lives are so messed up. We're broken. He saves us. And then we stay after this relationship with Him so that He heals us. Decades blowing your life up. And yes, God has that ability. He is able in a single moment. He can touch you and everything changes. But more likely, you're going to commit your life to Christ and spend this time allowing him to heal the brokenness that's in your heart. But you don't get to that healing unless you pursue him. You're not going to find what you need. You're not going to find the healing that you need unless you pursue after him, unless you continue to go after him and look for the answers. I had a conversation some time ago. It's been a long number of months ago with someone in our church who was talking about the fact that I don't understand why after I gave my heart to Jesus I still had such an attraction to my old habits. That's called sanctification. Sanctification. That's God at work in you every day, forming and helping you. God's forgiven you for what you've done, but you're still a human being. And as you walk with God and as you pursue after Him and you know Him, what you understand is that in knowing Christ, there is power to overcome anything. Thank you, Lord. You become a better father because you know Him, you become a better husband because you know Him. person because you know him your life is transformed and changed because he heals you as you pursue him to know him with your whole heart the closer you get to Jesus the better you're going to be the more time you spend with him the better you're going to be I was texting this morning with one of my new converts and I said listen here's the thing talk to Jesus every time you think about it every time you think about it You don't have to have, yes, have a dedicated prayer time, but if you want to talk to God for three minutes right now, talk to God for three minutes right now. He's standing on ready. He wants to have that kind of. And here's the last one. We know him or we want to know him so he will own us. I've been thinking a lot about my mom this week and uh, it's triggered in me some deep emotional memories. My mother loved children's ministry. My dad pastored a, a lot of really, really small churches. I mean, You could have fit the first five churches my dad pastored, all of them would not be this many people. And so there was no money, but mom loved children and my mother was so creative, she, she made puppets one time Out of bleach bottles glued to the bottom of a broom handle, and she would stick them up, and that you know she'd paint the faces on them. They had no money. Mom would dig everywhere for stories, and I don't even know why I remembered this story. Maybe it's because I think God wanted me to tell this story. But my mother used to tell us this story in kids' church about a little boy whose father brought home a kit one day that allowed him to make a boat he formed and fashioned this little boat he painted it with the colors put his name on the boat he loved that little boat once it was finished and everything was ready he begged and begged until his father took him down to the lake and they put the boat out on the lake and had a hold of a string and the boat was just sailing along it was so wonderful And all of a sudden there was a siren and a fire truck started down the street and he turned his head for just a moment and did not realize, let go of the string, And the wind took the little sailboat and it floated away and he couldn't get it back. He cried all the way home, begging his father to help him find that boat. They never found the boat. A couple of weeks later he and his dad were walking down the street past a hobby shop and all of a sudden the little boy screamed out daddy there's my boat he said son that can't be your boat your boat was on the lake he said I'm telling you daddy I know that's my boat because I made that boat that's my boat he said son that can't be your boat but let's go in so they went inside and the man said to the owner he said the little boat out there in the window. Can you tell me about it? He said, I don't really know anything about it. A fisherman came in here a week or so ago and brought it to me. And I bought it from him for a small penance of money. The boy had dug into his pocket and he grabbed all the little coins that he had. And he put them up on the counter and he said to the man, Mister, can I buy my boat back? And seeing how much the boat meant to the little boy, he said, why... Of course son, if that's your boat You can buy it back And he took the the pennies The little boy stuck the boat Underneath his arm And started out the door And his father heard him say to the boat "Little, Little boat You're twice mine now Once because I made you And now because I bought you I'm telling you That I stand here this morning Because he made me And he bought I never belonged to myself I never belonged to myself I always belonged to him it was always his desire to own me that I would be his possession that our relationship would be deeply personal but sin separated us and there had to be a price and Jesus said I'll buy I'll pay the price I'll buy the Peter said it like this. He said, you have not been bought with silver and gold that perishes, but with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Your former life was a life that you learned from people who did not know God. But now, he says, you have been redeemed. Now look that word up. You know what redeemed means? It means to regain possession of something. And that's what he did for us. He got us back. The devil thought he had stolen us. The devil thought he had won. And when we were singing that first song, I just felt like God said to me, The devil should have grabbed you when he thought he had you because I brought you back. The corner's been turned. I've turned the sorrow into joy. I've turned the tragedy into triumph. I've made this mine now. You know what Calvary was? Calvary was God saying, I want you back. That's why you ought to know Him that's why you want to know him you want to know someone that loves you much. you want to dig for it you want to go after it you want to find out everything you can you want to move as close as you can to someone that loves you Father in a moment like this I don't even know the words that I should say except to tell you that I love you I love you I want you I thank you for salvation and I thank you for all that you did on the cross and may I never lose May we never lose that excitement about belonging to you. Restore the joy that has been lost in some of our lives. Bring us back to the place where we once were so in love with you. Give us again the freshness of your spirit and your presence. Let us walk again the roads of relationship with you. In Jesus' name. I want you to look at the screen just a moment, please, and we're, we're going to be done in just a second. I told you every week I'm going to do my best to move forward. Here's your homework this week. Is your heart as passionate about Jesus today as it was the first days after you were saved? If not, why not? There's a reason. And then second of all, what is one thing you could start doing this week in order to get closer to the Lord? Is there something that as this service has gone on, you've been prompted, "I, I need to get back to that. I need to get back to that that was an important yeah let's get back to that because God wants you to know him he wants to have that relationship with you today maybe you're in the room today and you say I don't know Jesus I don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ I don't know him in the full pardon of my sins I want to get started you came to the right church because this is a church that cares about sinners and we want to see you make that first step and if you're here and you don't know Christ and you want to get started hold up your hand right where you are I don't know Christ I want to get started this is the starting point I want to get started to know Jesus I can't think of anything I would rather do right now in this moment than to pray a sinner's prayer with you and get you started on that first step. Anybody at all? Anybody at all? What about this? Pastor, I needed this this morning. I need to get closer to God. I need to walk closer to God. I need to to lean into His presence more. Maybe there have been some things that I've allowed to get into my life that's that I need to get out of my life or maybe there's just some things some habits I've fallen into that have just kind of pulled me away in fact this whole week I've been thinking about God are there things in my life that have pulled me away from that intensity that I once had with you help me to identify those so that there is nothing that prevents me from going after you with my whole heart if you feel like that if you feel like that there's something then deal with that. Don't wait. Deal with it. Go after it. You deserve it. He deserves it. Let's sing together a little of that Here I Am to Worship and then we're going to be done. Here I am to worship. Here I am to bow. Here I am to say that You're You know, he deserves it. He deserves it. for listening. Lake Erie Church is a multicultural Pentecostal church located in Perry, Ohio, about 30 minutes east of Cleveland. We would love to have you for a visit sometime. For more information or to connect with our team, please visit lakeerichurch.com.